Hello everyone, welcome to Rock Talk Happy Hour. My name is Mario, here with Kimberly and Britt. This is a podcast about craft beer and music, where every episode we try different craft beers, we rate them, discuss them, and sometimes we learn a little bit about them, all while talking music-related topics. Uh, Britt, what's today's music-related topic? Today we're going to be talking about singing drummers. Yes, singing drummers. Uh, So... This episode is going to be titled Bands with Singing Drummers, and there's a specific reason why it's called that. Um, so I guess I can get into it like right off the bat, and then we can get into our normal segments for those of you guys who are regulars to the show. Um, but if you're new, then we'll walk you through it. So I guess as everyone knows by now, uh, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer for Foo Fighters, passed away last Friday. So we usually do our episodes Friday night. Some stuff happened and we weren't able to record our episode. Um, so just talking about a little bit about what happened that day. So if you've been listening to the show, um, you've probably realized that for the past couple of episodes, we've been talking about Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. Dave Grohl specifically, yeah. like quite a bit. Uh, I read the book. They had a movie come out. Uh, I was talking about they were coming out with a metal album. So this is what happened Friday. So Friday... Uh, I was like, okay, uh, we're going to do the show tonight, whatever, whatever. And I just wanted to get through the work day. And now, like, I know Kim's busy. We both work from home. And since Kim's busy, I, I'll put on a podcast, right? So I, I found these guys that, uh, that do, uh, they're from Britain. They're from the UK. And they, they, they used to, I don't know if they still do. They used to write like reviews and stuff and articles for like, uh, music publications or magazines like over there uh and they would do like reviews interviews interview bands like some of our favorite bands they've interviewed them okay they would go to like big shows over there and do that so they have they have a podcast and they have like three different sections of their of their uh what they do so like they'll do one where they'll review albums and that's like hours of them doing that and then they'll review like classic albums and then there's their regular show so they basically have like three shows in oh, one, okay right? so anyways cool. going back to that so i found them and i found them really interesting and uh that day around 11 o'clock in the morning 12 noon uh i i found that they had done an episode on the first foo fighters album right so i was like i'm gonna listen to this because i don't know like the complete history i did learn a lot from the book that i read that dave Grohl had so I listened to that podcast. It was three hours long, right? And it was fine. I was listening to it. I was learning stuff, whatever, whatever. So, um, so I listened to that, that this was last Friday. So then later on that, uh, afternoon, um, I was finishing up the notes I had for the, for the episode, right? That we had. So the topic wasn't supposed to be this. It was supposed to be something else. So also Friday, Foo Fighters released the metal album that they had been working on that was basically going under pers- the persona of the band that was in the film studio 666. Oh, okay. So they released it <clears throat> as that band, but it was, it's, it was still uh, credited with Foo Fighters. Right. Yeah. So I actually listened to the album cause it came out that Friday and I reviewed it and I was like, cool, oh. I get to talk about this on the show. Right. Uh, so then that, so that my day was pretty much all Foo Fighters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then we're, Hanging out here. And I think you had already told us that you weren't going to be able to do the show. I was like, all right, cool, right? Yeah, it was late at night. Yeah, it was It was late at night, yeah. And so Kim tells me the news. And mm. it didn't register, like, right away. Like, I heard her. I heard what she said. But I was like, I, I thought she said, she asked me if I posted something about him. That's what I registered. Uh, and, I, and I was about to tell her, like, I didn't post anything. And then I, I think I said what? And she told me again. And then I Googled it. And I was like, what 
the fuck, right? Yeah. Right? I was like, it fucking, of yeah, course, when this happens, it, it's always yeah. like, yeah. Uh, it's always like, everyone's always like, it, it gets you out of nowhere, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I was like, okay. Um, instead of posting anything online, I was just like, all of a sudden, my, my, my feed was like bands who, of course, who were close to the Foo Fighters and to him or who had worked with him. Yeah. You know, it was just nothing but, tributes and stuff saying words about him right so i was like instead of posting anything i was just reading the stuff right because mm-hmm. i was like oh this sure. is you know so i was reading it and uh so that pretty much that's what happened and then um that whole friday that's that's that friday night the rest of the night that's what i did uh saturday uh after we got the puppy i was doing the same thing you know we got our we got a puppy and i was reading the things and then uh I found this post that uh, I found it on Facebook. It was a post by Guitar Center, and it was basically talking about uh, a time when uh, Taylor Hawkins had visited uh, for a, 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 a drum clinic, I think, or something like that. Well, here's a, just a little piece of, of, of what they posted. Uh, if you want, you can go to their Facebook page or whatnot. But basically, it said, uh, after coming out to support drum off that's the name of their event as a judge a number of times we had the great pleasure of having taylor play at the grand final celebration in 2016 he said you know i can't play like those kids right to hear such modesty coming from one of the biggest drummers in the world told you everything you needed to know about him then he says can i do a whole set of covers from bands with singing drummers we did almost we did almost grant him that wish and you can catch a glimpse from the show at and then they have a link of where of him playing um there at guitar center um but basically he was asking if, if he could do like just a set of covers from bands with singing drummers and i was like i'm gonna do an episode we're gonna do an episode of bands with singing drummers and i wanted to, as a fan of the foo fighters and of his uh to do the episode dedicated to him yeah. and i was like yeah I, you know and uh, there's a lot of you know people like big musicians who obviously they they were who have played shows since last friday mm-hmm. and they've dedicated their whole shows to him sure uh i think uh liam gallagher no noel gallagher who's the singer i forget I one know. of those guys right so he, <laughs> so he had a gig and i didn't know that foo fighters and and, and oasis the oh, and oasis were like very tight oh, I, didn't I didn't know, know that, that. Huh. and so they played a show i think that friday night or liam gallagher I think that's the singer okay. i get confused so he he played a show right i think it was like solo stuff or something and he almost canceled but uh it was for a benefit so he ended up playing it and he dedicated that show to him so i was like all right we're gonna do this right so that was my day and i was like all right so uh we're gonna do this so today's episode like i said as fans where i'm gonna i want to dedicate it to taylor hawkins uh talk about bands with singing drummers uh and with that out the way if y'all if y'all don't have anything y'all want to say about that, um, until we talk about this later, because I'm obviously I'm going to talk about them. Um, we can get into our regular segments if y'all want. Sure. Cool. Sounds good. All right. First segment, of course, we start with what are we drinking? Because <laughs> as we all sit here with empty glasses. Yeah. Well, I mean, Britt's drinking oh, yeah, something. She has some, like Kim and I had some of it. <laughs> yeah, we had a shiner light blonde. Yeah, so yeah, that's okay. We'll skip that segment. Um, <laughs> Next segment is, uh, what is it? Hangover, right? Oh, yeah. We got to yeah. talk about Hangover. Okay. So if you guys heard last episode or if you guys are binging <laughs> the episodes in order like I do, something happened <laughs> last episode. Yep. And uh, Kim and I had discovered a band in a parking lot. We saw their tour bus. And through that whole episode, Kim's all like, hey, you know, maybe we can catch them. And I keep saying, hey, I, you know, maybe I can stop the show and, you know, let's go. So at the very end of the episode, we decide... 
yeah, you know what? I think we have time to go catch them. So when we stopped recording, we decided, let's go fucking watch these guys, right? So they were a band from uh, New Orleans called Bag of Donuts. And uh, like I said, you can hear that episode uh, and see what was up with that. So basically, uh, who wants to tell the story of what happened? (laughs) Kim. Yeah, we'll let Kim do it. Why? Um, No, it was funny because the whole time I was... we were trying to figure out where they were, what they were doing here, what they were like, what was going on. If they were passing through, if they were playing a show, and I found out that they were playing at a venue called Blue Bonnet Palace, which is not too far from here. It's about twenty minutes, maybe. But if you drive like me, a little bit closer. <laughs> and so I was like, um, I saw it was like a cover. It was like five dollars till eleven, and then after that it was ten. And we're like, we need to make the five dollars because we don't know if this is going to be a bust or not. Like I know we sound like cheap asses, <laughs> yeah. but it was like, well, yeah. Well, we, I mean, we, we had just... a story about why we do that now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Try to get the deals. <laughs> oh yeah, we did say that last time. We did too. say we it, said, right. Oh, yeah, that we like. Did we tell her? Or we just. We, did we say it? Oh no, we did. No, we, we did. We, we, we sit in the parking lot yeah. and we listened to another yeah, cover yeah. outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. We didn't name the band. Yeah, you're right. We didn't name the band, but we named the. Uh, we named the, the cover yeah. band so, uh, the uh, tribute band. Or... We, <laughs> so I was like, we can make it. Like it was like ten twenty. I was like, we can make it by eleven. So like we start scrambling. We're like, I have candles, so we're like, everybody's like blowing out candles and putting stuff away and like getting like going bathroom and getting all. Yeah, I was getting. I'm pu- I was putting all the cheese back in the fridge because we had cheese out, <laughs> and snacks, and snacks and stuff. And, yeah, and so then we like we're scrambling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we got to the venue and we don't know how to get in there because we've never been there before. I've only been there once and I couldn't remember. It'd been years. And so we're like trying yeah, to find the I've entrance. Never been there before. So we find the entrance, and like the security guard is really nice, and he checks our IDs, lets us in, whatever. We pay the girl the cover, and it's a country bar, so we're like super out of place. Mm-hmm. Everybody there is in like cowboy hats, and boots. I'm wearing my Slipknot shirt and my hoodie. <laughs> yeah, and so we we like walk. We have to walk through the dance hall to yeah. get to the outside stage because they're playing outside, and so we're like making our way through the dance hall people are two-stepping having a good time whatever and so we get out there and they're on stage already and it's these guys that are dressed in costume i think we explained like their whole costume thing before they're in costume and they're playing and they're fucking awesome like they were so (laughs) tight they were so good like they're they're like like real performers yeah they were really into it (laughs) so um yeah they've been they i think uh i don't remember what the exact year was but they've been around since 88 yeah yeah Yeah. and they basically dress like uh some of the rock icons but in kind of like a mardi gras kind of theme yeah so like one of them is dressed as like gene simmons but if Gene Simmons was like at Mardi Gras, at Mardi Gras, yeah. yeah, 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 it's very, one it's of them very was interesting. Like David Bowie inspired. Yeah, the other one is like David Bowie. Yeah, like, David Bowie inspired. Yeah, I don't remember the other. David Lee Roth. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so. probably. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Yeah, and, Dave, definitely yeah. a hair metal. Yeah, vocalist. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. And uh, so we're like, oh my god, this is awesome! So we're like, oh, and they play cover covers, covers, yeah, 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 covers, yes. um, a wide variety, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah a they wide do, variety yeah, yeah, with their own spin on it, which is what I like. It's not like they're trying to like cover the song; it's like their own like take on it. So because the, they they fuse the New Orleans style, yeah. Style. So when I was doing the research on them, I did I did find out that they yeah they incorporate like some of the big band New Orleans uh, style. Uh, they they. Take, yeah, because they, they have like a trumpet guy, a sax guy. Yeah, um, so they like, kind of mix that into the the rock, into the rock. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I don't know. There was a bunch of stuff that was happening that night. It was it was like a cool night. We're outside. Yeah. And it was uh, 
They were doing awesome. And then Kim got in the head with cups. No. So we got- <laughs> well, before, before that, <laughs> I was like, so my dad and I are, are drummers and like, I was, we were all the way in the back and this, the, the drummer of this band, like he had the same like mannerisms playing. And I was like, is that my dad? Like, does he have this <laughs> have side, secret side hustle secret yeah, life? Cause like, conveniently he was out of town. Co- that yeah. Weekend. Conveniently oh. he was out of town that weekend. And I was like, the hell? Yeah. So of course I like, I'm like, I gotta go. Like, I gotta get closer. Like, let me see. So, um, Mario and Britt were sitting in the back at a table and I go and get closer and I'm like taking videos, taking pictures, not my dad, but it was weird. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like I'm going to turn to walk away and it just starts raining plastic cups. And I was like, what the hell is that? So I started like, I picked up a couple and then there was a older man next to me and he was trying to get one, but he couldn't. And I got a couple and I gave them to him. And then I was like, all right, like I got two cups. Cool. I turned to walk away and I get pelted <laughs> with another handful of cups and they're throwing these Mardi Gras. Or Fiesta, if you're here in San Antonio, like those plastic cups that you get at Nyosa or whatever. Um, they, they have bag of donuts on them, New or- from New Orleans, and they have like sugar skulls of their costumes or whatever on there. And so I pick up another one because I was like, I need, I just need three. And I'm like handing other cups to other people. And I run to the back and I'm like, oh, I got cups. Yeah, we were very excited. <laughs> when I saw the cups flying, I was like, oh, I hope Kim gets some cups. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to get more, but I didn't want to be like stingy, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm taking all the cups. And it was funny because that episode where it's all like, oh, and then you can meet them and then we'll interview them. Like, it was just like joking because we didn't know we were going to go see them. And then. Well, yeah, Kim yeah. talked so to a couple they got, of them. They, when they got done, they're like, oh, we'll be over there in the back, like, meeting people or whatever. And I was like, you know, we're like, I'm going to go and see if I can just talk to them. So I went, I talked to the drummer and the lead singer, and I t- kind of told them our crazy story of, we saw you on the parking lot of Living Spaces, yeah. and we needed to find out, like, what y'all were about, why y'all were here. Yeah. And they were like, oh, my God, that's awesome. That's crazy. You know, thank y'all for coming or whatever. And kind of plug the podcast a little bit yeah mostly like, like gave I, him a, a business card you know you never know maybe i, we can I have emailed them. i emailed one of the guys i haven't heard anything but i know it like emailing these people and yeah they... and these these people get busy so i haven't heard anything back but if he gets back you know maybe we'll have we we will interview him see what's up i'm just curious to see how that new i mean how that whole new orleans thing and you know uh that music style like how they came across to you know because corp- i've never seen anything like that before <laughs> But then again, I'm not from New Orleans, so yeah, you know, I don't know if there's other stuff like that. Um, does anyone else have any other hangover stuff? So uh, I didn't even mention the hangovers; just stuff we needed to bring up from yeah. past episodes. Last that we episode didn't get was to. the Saint. Yeah, Saint Patrick's. Yeah, I don't oh, think. Yeah. Oh, the drinking songs. That's right. Oh, I don't have any hangover. No, nah, me, neither. No. me neither. Um. All right. So then, I guess our last segment is uh, news and brews, brews and news. So my first piece of news, um, so this is kind of interesting. Last, uh, I believe this was Tuesday? Question? Oh, it was Monday. So last Monday, I think that was uh, March 21st, I'm on Instagram. And of course, uh, I totally didn't snap uh, that concert, like the concert season's coming up. Summer summer oh, yeah. concert season's coming up, right? So whatever, whatever. I'm scrolling around. Uh, Kim and I bought tickets to Third Eye Blind uh, a couple months ago. And then I see a post from Rob Zombie saying that he has a tour coming through this summer uh, called Freaks on Parade. And I like, 
I was like tripping out when I saw the lineup. The lineup is Rob Zombie, co-headlining is Mudbane, Static X, and Power Man 5000. And I was like, this is like a fucking like dream 19, like, er, like late 90s, early 2000s lineup. Like I've, I've seen Rob Zombie once on Ozfest. Uh, I've seen Mudbane a few times, but I didn't see them in the era where they had face paint. So oh, I missed okay. them. And currently, I think last year, we, I think we talked about it, uh, where last year was the uh, anniversary of that album oh, okay. uh, that came yeah, out. Yeah. So they did a couple of one-off shows at festivals um, in the face paint. And so when I saw them, they weren't doing the face paint anymore. Um, so I, I missed that era by like an album, right? And I was okay. always kind of bummed. I was like, man, I'm never going to see them. So, um, so on this tour, they're going to be wearing the face paint and wow. all that stuff. And I'm like, shit, sweet static X. I've seen static X before, but this is the, um, it's the, uh, lineup with the singer from dope. I believe, uh, of course, Wayne static passed away some years ago. Um, and I'm not very interested. That's the only thing that bums me out is that it's not Wayne static. Uh, and then power man 5,000. I've never seen them before. So, uh, the tickets went on sale that Friday, but I actually found a pre-sale code, uh, for that, for that Wednesday, which was two days later after it was announced. And Kim and I ended up getting tickets for Kim and I, and we have the exact same seats that we have for Third Eye Blind because it's going to be at the same venue oh my in gosh, Austin. Funny. Yeah. yeah. And I did it on purpose, actually, because I was like, I don't know where to get seats at. And the seats that we picked for Third Eye Blind, we were kind of being strategic with it. And then I ended up finding the same seats for this tour. There you go. Uh, that was one piece of news. The other piece of news I touched upon briefly uh, last Friday, Foo Fighters released uh, a metal album. And it, for those who don't know, like uh, Dave Grohl's like a big like punk, like hardcore punk uh, metal fan. Like he listens, he grew up with that shit, with classic rock. Um, so it wasn't really a surprise to me that they were going to be releasing a metal album, you know, to kind of go tie together with the movie. Mm -hmm. um, I listened to it. And I had notes on it, and I was going to talk about it, but I don't want to do that after all. I'm just going to say, like, go check it out. Like, it's pretty crazy. The only thing I will say is it incorporates, like, di the different genres of metal. Like, it incorporates a little bit of thrash and doom metal. And basically, if you listen to, like, our er uh, our 80s and 90s episode where we talked about where, the like, the genres branched out into different genres, like, over the years... Um, you can hear like the different types of metal that they incorporated in these songs. Huh. And it's, it, it sounds really nice. What I liked about it is that it sounds, um, what's the word, uh, authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, like it doesn't sound like, like they were trying to do it, like, like just to release something for the movie. Like right. it, it, it just, it sounded nice. Like the sound was very, uh, yeah, like I said, it was, what's the word I just used again? Authentic. Authentic, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sound very authentic. Um, it drags on a little bit, but it's, I think it's only like, I think it's 47 minutes long. And then the last two songs by themselves are 20 minutes. So I don't know if you guys, Dang. well, obviously you guys remember the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like going on. Where they're writing that song and Dave Grohl's like, you know, like this song, like it's, it doesn't have to have an ending and they just keep yeah, going. Yeah, because it can't, they can't yeah, finish it. Yeah, because they it. can't finish it. Yeah. Well, that song is on the album. But it's a it's the ten minute version. Okay. So uh, it's basically a long ten minute metal song, um, and it it has changes in it. There's a little like a acoustic part in it too. Like there's you know uh, some of that old school metal uh, has like those breaks with acoustic and stuff. Um, but it's it's a uh, it's it's good. I like it. Um, 
I don't want to give my rating on it, but I say just go check it out. Uh, it's called Dream Widow. That's the name that was of the metal band in the movie, and that's the name they went oh, under when they okay. released it. Uh, I was going to say something else about it. I forgot what I was going to say, but whatever. Um, that's that last piece of news I have. This is pretty cool. So I'm scrolling through my feed today, and I thought this was an April Fool's thing, but it turns out it is not. Um, we all, I think we tried it on the show. If not, I know I gave one to Brit. Pantera had a beer. Um, it was called the, what the fuck was it called? Pantera, like golden ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it was by the Texas Ale Project. So Kim and I actually went to the brewery, uh, before it was released here, uh, in San Antonio. And we went, we went all the way over there, uh, to the Fort Worth, Dallas area. And we had some of that beer and then we brought it back. So I found out that they're releasing another beer called Vulgar Display of Lager. <laughs> and I was like, that's fucking awesome, right? So yeah. it's a German style lager. They announced it today, I believe. And it begins shipping April 5th. So when, when is that? Uh, it's a few days from now. It's in a few days, days from now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a collaboration between Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. So there's a company called Knuckle Bones, and Knuckle Bones makes uh, like statues of like rock artists and stuff, uh-huh. uh, and like action figures and stuff like that that are collectibles. And so that's what they do. So they teamed up with a brewery called Great South Bay Brewing from New York, and so they're doing this uh, collaboration together to, to make the beer as a collectible drinking item. And uh, I got us a pack so sweet so Yay. i got us and i actually i don't you know do that because i know there's all these like this website i actually worked it actually worked so here's here's what the beer can looks like brit if you want to see it if you want to come around this way or not but limited edition beverage series from knuckle bones and oh he's running a little he's over here he's running around yeah so like the album cover yeah it's yeah. like the album cover but uh instead of vulgar display of power it says vulgar display of lager so uh we're gonna try that pantera beer as soon as we get it um it starts to ship on the fifth so i got us a case not a case uh i should say a four pack um but yeah i was like super like tripped out i was like case would be cooler I guess would be cooler. <laughs> Shit, you should have seen if you should have seen the shipping on the cases. Oh, I was geez. like, hell with that. Uh, so it's gonna be like I said earlier, a German style. And it's gonna be five point nine percent ABV. So uh, I'm looking forward to drink trying and rating that. So that was that was pretty interesting. Um, that is all the brews and news, news and brews that I have. Um, if y'all want, we can try. Kim and I went out of town like what three weeks ago or something like that. Yeah, it's been. I think it's almost been a month, and we got a wine for us to try on the show. And I'm gonna go ahead and let Kim bring it out, and then we'll have that. While she does that, um, damn, I wanted to say something about that Dream Widow album. Uh, it was about. I don't know if it was about Dave Grohl, but I listened to it and I rated it and I made notes, and I was like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna. This is gonna be my second album that I rate on the show, and. I was like, nah, I don't want to do it after all. So okay, yeah, but it's fair. Good. Yeah, listen to it. Um, so we're trying wine. Yeah, we're trying to wine. Okay. So a uh, few episodes, not a few episodes. I should say this. This has probably been like maybe twenty episodes back or something. We had a beer from Shiner. Um, that that it was one of their Brewers Pride uh editions, and they did a collaboration with uh. Becker Vineyards, and Becker Vineyards is uh, not that far from here. Um, we uh, ended up stopping at some little shop 
where we went out of town and they actually had that wine there from Becker Vineyards because it was in that area. So I was like, oh, we should get some of that wine and bring it back and have it on the show. So we brought some of that wine and uh, I don't even remember. I think it's a rosé. Is it a rosé? Yeah, I think it's a rosé. Um, we'll try it out and see what's up. But Okay, cool. I'll, I'll yeah, we this. don't do wines very often except when they're chocolate fav- flavored. Uh Oh yeah, that one was pretty good. That was real good. Yeah. Let's see. Now you're good. I can edit this if I have to. I probably will edit it. Uh, okay, so let me see. So this is from Becker Vineyards uh, from Lukenbach, Texas. Uh, let me see. It's called Texas Basics. Well, we bought it at the Lukenbach store. Oh, that's right. But it's not from Lukenbach. Fredericksburg? Or? No. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, I was saying that this is from, from there, yeah. From uh, it's called Texas Basics of Love. It is, uh, yeah, it's from Becker Vineyards. Alcohol percentage oh, yeah, 14. Becker Vineyards is in Fredericksburg. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. 14, 14.9% ABV. And, yeah, it's a rosé. Uh, so, yeah, I'll let Kim do the honors and we can try that wine. I'm not a wine connoisseur, but. Nor am I. And it's actually two hours away from China. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, that's well, that's obvious then that they why they did the collaboration together. But I remember the collab that they did was pretty good. I don't remember what kind of Do wine you they have had. A glass uh, I don't. But I'll taste from your glass. Okay. It smells pretty. It's a, a sweet little bottle. Yeah, it's a nice little bottle. Give it a smell. Smell? Yeah, it does smell good. Rosé, Basics of Love. Tastes like a Zinfandel, which is weird. Switch it around. Switch it around. Yeah, I agree. Right? Mm-hmm. Tastes. I don't know what that is, but... It's um, another type of wine. Um, so it tastes really boozy. Yeah, yeah it does. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, is it supposed to have more flavor? Because I'm not really... I mean... No, I bet you... I mean, wine doesn't... Ex- I mean, I'm sure... No, it's not like that. It's nothing like that. Uh, I mean... It's good. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't usually drink much like blush or rosé or white wine kind of stick to reds mostly and so for because usually these are a little bit more on the dry side I think. yes yeah so but this is actually good but it's good yeah, it's it just real boozy sounds like tasting. i know more about wine than i do I, uh I, not really okay. i usually pick based on the the label Okay. Yeah. Like how cool, cool it looks. Yeah. Oh, there's okay. like that sounds like a tree or yeah. a raven or a vampire or a skull or, or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or Snoop Dogg. No. Or Snoop. Yeah. Or Martha Stewart. Okay. Yeah, she yeah, has, she has a one. Lot yeah. Of them now. Yeah. Um. That's actually from him. From his. Uh, oh really? From his winery. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think I'd give it like a two point five. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I just. I'm not, not. I don't. I don't think. I. I guess it's because I. I don't drink. A, I hadn't drank enough wine. Definitely. You know, to know the difference between... Because I can't remember the last time I had a rosé. Probably never. No, I mean, I'm sure I ha- I've had one, but, like, I don't remember the last time. Because I know when I'm with you, we don't have rosés. Yeah, I have um, I prefer them to be sparkling myself. Like, I like... Mm. Okay. I like bubbly rosés yeah. and bubbly... Okay, I'll go with 2.5. We, um, you know, I'll give I you. give it a 4. Okay. I like it. It's good. I'll like go 3 th- just to split the difference. Okay. <laughs> Not that that's exactly in the middle. Like I said, not usually my typical wine that I reach for, but I'd, I'd drink a full glass. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh, that's weird. Okay, you were going down a little bit. Um. Okay, so I guess with that out the way, we have a few beers that we'll try out throughout the episode. Um, I guess I can start the topic okay. off. Yeah. Sure. So, I guess to kick it off, of course, like I said, we're doing bands with singing drummers. The first band that I'm going to talk about, it's an obvious one, um, had two singing drummers. Oh. No. Foo Fighters. <laughs> I was yeah. like, really? Yeah, oh, you're yeah. like, who? Yeah, Foo Fighters. <laughs> so, Foo Fighters, um, this is kind of, you know, crazy because, you know, these, these guys had similar uh, music interests, uh, Taylor Hawkins and, and Dave Grohl, both the singing drummers that I'm talking about in the band. Uh, I guess I'll get to this part later. So, I'll talk about Taylor Hawkins first, and then I'll talk about Dave Grohl, and then I'll talk about the Foo Fighters as, as a whole. So, I, I didn't know this, but Taylor Hawkins was actually born in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know he that He was either. born a Texan, yeah. He oh. was born uh, February 17th. Okay. 1972, so February, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he grew up in Laguna Beach, California after his family moved there in 1976. So he was like oh, okay. four years old yeah. when they moved. So he grew up a Californian, but he was oh, born okay. a Texan. So I, I, I did not know that. So no, it's pretty either. cool. Uh, he played with a couple of bands in the 90s before playing drums for Alanis Morissette on her tour supporting Jagged Little Pill uh, from June 1995 to March 1997. Um, so he didn't record the drums on that album, but he did tour with her for that album. I see. Um, the interesting thing that I didn't know is that, uh, he appeared in the music videos for You Oughta Know, All I Really Want, and You Learn. So I guess they didn't have the drummer at that time when they were doing the music videos. So he's the drummer on the music videos. And I was like, huh, um, you an Alanis Morissette fan? Back in the day, yeah, I was. I mean, I never saw in concert or yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. but I, I had that album, Jagged Little Pill, cool. like like everybody else back then. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> no that's... Yeah, good... St- I think... Man, I don't know if she was on tour last year or what. Yeah, but, it was recent. Right? And I think it was an anniversary toured. for this, if I'm uh-huh, correct. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, so, Taylor Hawkins is also on the... Ja- also on the Jagged Little Pill live VHS DVD from 1997. So there's actually a live uh, DVD VHS that came out for the concert. And uh, he's on there. I haven't seen any footage from that. Uh, I was going to pull it up on YouTube, but I never did. Um, Hawkins joined the Foo Fighters officially on March 18th, 1997, after the second album, The Color and the Shape, was recorded. So... Foo Fighters, and I'll talk more about this when I talk about Dave Grohl, but uh, they, so for the first album, they didn't really have a drummer. Well, actually, there wasn't even a band. Uh, Dave Grohl did the whole first album by himself. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so I'll talk more about that in a bit. Um, second album, they had a drummer, and uh, there was some, uh, not controversy, but I guess I should say the the generic term, there was uh, creative differences. Okay. And so basically what happened, the gist of it, uh, I don't want to get into like, you know, the, I guess the, the, not the rumors. Well, yeah, I guess some rumors and stuff that happened. But so basically what happened was the drummer they had, he recorded drum parts and Dave Grohl didn't like them. And so oh. he re-recorded them. Oh. So the drums on the first two Foo Fighters albums are actually Dave Grohl. Okay. Um, so after the color and the shape was recorded, uh, Dave Grohl was looking for a drummer and he had met Taylor Hawkins previously and he like 
really liked his playing. So he called Taylor Hawkins, not to ask him to be in the band, but to ask him if he had any recommendations because he was with Alanis Morissette at the time. Oh, I see. So when he called him, uh, Hawkins said, uh, I'll play for you. And he was like, but you're with, you know, Alanis Morissette. He's like, I'd rather be in a band than be a uh, musician in a solo uh, act. Sure. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense because, I mean, those guys go in and out all the time. Yeah. So he 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 would have preferred being – he preferred to be in a band, so he joined the Foo Fighters. Um, so then that Did happened. they tour that second album? The Color and the Shape? Uh, I'm actually not sure. Uh, I'm going to say yes because that album was done. And they needed somebody. So I'm going to say that Taylor Hawkins toured with them for The Color and the Shape and then re-recorded with them on the third album. Okay. So Hawkins' first album appearance with the Foo Fighters was on their third album, There's Nothing Left to Lose. And that was released in November 1999. Um, Hawkins has vocal, vocal, guitar, and piano credits on various Foo Fighters recordings and has been listed as a co-writer on every album since There Is Nothing Left to Lose. So since he's got since he got brought on with the Foo Fighters, he's been he had uh co-writing credits. Um he actually did lead vocals on a song called Cold Day in the Sun, uh off of In Your Honor. I actually put that song on the playlist. So if you guys don't know about our playlist, I have a Spotify playlist uh where I put music from bands and artists that we talk about on the shows. Um which I suggest you go listen to because I put a lot of work into that damn thing. And also too like I find a lot of cool stuff when we're, when I'm doing the research, like I'm gonna get into this part right now that I found songs that I had never heard before, okay. and I was like, "Holy fuck, this is interesting." So that's talking about Taylor Hawkins his, briefly, his history with the Foo Fighters, right? The and I want to go, I wanted to go through some of his music credits because I saw all the artists paying tribute to him, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, obviously, artists cross paths with each other, right?" But I didn't realize like how much he had he had done like musically with people across from like all genres and in the rock community and stuff so here are some of his uh his uh credits so uh he had a side project called taylor hawkins and the coattail writers where he was the drummer and the vocalist so of course this fits in with our topic that's why i wanted to talk about it uh he did drums and vocals he recorded three albums with that band so that was his side project he also had uh some of the guys from the foo fighters play on different songs here and there through those albums um Another thing he had, he had a police cover band called The Cops, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, that is cute. Um, another thing, I didn't know this, uh, and I found this kind of interesting. So, Coheed and Cambria, he actually recorded the drum tracks for their first, fourth studio album, Good Apollo on Burning Star 4, Volume 2, No World for Tomorrow. Now, I, me and my brothers had that album, and I see accidentally seen Coheed and Cambria three times. And if I'm correct, I saw them when they toured that album. So I believe I saw Taylor Hawkins playing with Coheed and Cambria oh, wow. on that tour because he actually toured with them after recording that album. Oh, cool. Okay. So I was like, that's fucking crazy. So I just don't remember because I don't remember having that much interest in Coheed and Cambria. But I have that album. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't know Taylor Hawkins was on there. Okay. Um, I'm going to go on. Uh, let me see. So he's he's a fan. He, he was a fan of like a big fan of Queen. Led Zeppelin, a lot of those classic rock bands. Um, he actually provided some drum work on Brian May's solo album. Okay. Slash's solo album. Uh, on Slash's solo album, he actually did backing vocals on a song that Ozzy is singing on. 
So that's pretty crazy. So Slash is playing guitar. Ozzy's doing vocals because he's the featured vocalist. And Taylor Hawkins is doing back, backing vocals. Okay. I found that song and I heard it. And I was like, it's a pretty cool song. The album came out in 2010. Um, I knew about the album, but I didn't listen to it because um, I don't really follow Slash that that much. But um, I heard it on Spotify, Spotify and I was like, oh, fuck, it's a good song. Put it on the playlist. Uh, he had another cover band called Chevy Metal. Oh, and he yeah. uh, he he made that band during a break uh, that the Foo Fighters had in 2013. This was interesting. I don't know. Maybe, Britt, you knew this. But he played Iggy Pop in the 2013 film CBGB. And it was a biodrama about the venue. Yes. So I was like, and I saw a picture of him and I was like, this seems vaguely familiar, but I don't yeah. ever remember seeing that. But yeah, he played Iggy Pop. Yeah. And I was, could see it that. A, it, the movie's worthwhile for sure. Yeah. And it's, it is interesting to see who they pick for all of the different, like, you know, yeah. big name people yeah. like Debbie Harry and yeah. all those people who got their start at CBG. Can you remember anyone who played anyone? Like aside from, like just right off. The- so Rupert Grint from the Harry Potter movies, okay. he played one of the guys from the Dead Boys. Okay. Uh, old punk band that got started there. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember the name of the chick who played Debbie Harry. And yeah, I think that's all I got. But um, uh, I'm trying to think of the actor's name who played Hilly, the, the guy who owned this. It's a British oh. actor who died. In a few years back, um, Alan Rickman. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. He played. Wait, Hilly he was in Harry Slovak, Potter as well. Yeah, he was. He was Professor Snape. So yeah. then, half the Harry Potter yeah. cast was okay. Okay, <laughs> a couple of them. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, he also had another side. Pro- oh, uh, going back to the. Nah, I'll come back to that. Fuck it. Uh, he had another side project called The Birds of Satan. And they had one album, 2014. He, he had a lot of fucking side projects. Yeah, no uh, kidding. He also did some drum work for Elton John. Wow. Uh, and then this was the last one that I didn't know about and I talked about. I think I mentioned it to Britt briefly in a text when we were in a group chat. So last year, he formed a super group with Dave Navarro and Chris Cheney of Jane's Addiction called NHC, which is their last names, Navarro, Hawkins, Cheney. Um, and they released an EP earlier this year, and uh, the album was supposed to come out later this year. Um but yeah, I, I didn't know he had a side project with, or a super group, I should say, with Dave Navarro. Okay, and Chris yeah. Chaney. I was like, holy shit. Um, I heard some of that stuff. Uh, it sounds pretty cool. Um, I put one of their songs on the playlist as well. Um, that was the last thing I think that I had for him. Uh, he re- he recorded eight studio albums with the Foo Fighters. So he like crossed a ton of paths, like with mu- like playing with musicians. Like he just like was all over the place. Like everyone knew how much of a talent he was behind the drums. Yeah. So just like Dave Grohl too, like Dave Grohl, the same shit. Like both of them were kind of like parallel when it came to like the people that they crossed paths with because of how they drummed. Like everybody wanted to play with him. Right. Um, And everybody wanted to play with him. And I just saw all the people that, you know, were, you know, posting stuff about him online. I was like, damn, that's fucking crazy. I just can't imagine that. But uh, there was pictures of him, like with uh, the guys from Metallica and, and there was a, a, something that I saw on Twitter where, like, Lars had, like, a special seat or something where, like, he was, like, overlooking, like, uh, his drum set. And he was, like, watching him play. And we all know how, like, Lars plays drums. Like, this, they're to- two totally different drummers. Sure. And Lars was just explaining to him, like, you know, one of the biggest bands in the world saying that, you know, how he admired how he played the drums. Oh, wow. I was like, that's fucking crazy. Like, you have all these legends, like, you know 
paying tribute to to you and stuff like people you grew up like looking up to yeah, and stuff yeah. that's fucking crazy um and it, it was just kind of crazy too that i didn't realize that they had just played a show like earlier that week and they were gonna play a show that night yeah and i was like wow that's right so but uh yeah i mean that's i just wanted to mention some of the stuff that he had accomplished and that i found pretty interesting i was like fuck yeah it's a, it's a sad thing yeah um yeah i want to hear about dave Grohl. He's the second singing drummer in the Foo Fighters. Uh, I know you heard a lot about Dave Grohl, but I want to know: I Does just he kinda... has he ever like done both at the same time? Because I think that's like the true test. Uh, actually, I think he has. Uh, I think he did it with. I want to say possibly when he when he was with them Crooked Vultures. Possibly, maybe not. I'm probably wrong. Um, let's see what I wrote here. So. Uh, he began his professional career as a musician, that's how I see it, uh, when he joined uh, the DC hardcore punk band Scream when he was 17. Uh, he played drums for them from 86 to 1990. So, like, when Dave Grohl was growing up and he was a teenager, he got into, like, punk and hardcore punk because of his cousin. So, he actually got involved with, like, the scene there in DC. And uh, he was just, like he became a fan of this band scream that was really popular there in that area. And, uh, he ended up lying about his age to get into the band when he had an opportunity to try out for him. So he actually toured with them and touring with them actually opened up the doors for him to be the drummer for Nirvana after scream split up. Um, so he recorded two live albums and two studio albums with scream, uh, as the drummer. After the band disbanded mid-tour, after the bassist left, uh, Grohl joined Nirvana after auditioning since they needed a drummer while getting ready to record uh, Nevermind. So Bleach had already came out. Bleach was kind of popular. Nevermind hadn't come out yet, but they were getting ready to record Nevermind. Nevermind was the album that kind of blew blew it open for them. Uh, So he joined... Uh, he played drums for Nirvana from 1990 to 1994, and he played on their last two studio albums, which was Nevermind and I believe In Utero, if I'm correct. Uh, yeah, I think In Utero was their last album. So he recorded those two albums with them. Um, so we all know why, you know, Nirvana ended. Right. Um, so after Nirvana ended, uh, he was jumping around here and there playing drums. He, he really didn't want to play drums again. He, want, he didn't want to play music again. He was like, I don't, I don't think I want to do this anymore. So uh, one day, Tom Petty called him and said, hey, um, yeah, I know, Miss Tom Petty, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so he was going <laughs> exactly. uh, to do a performance on SNL. And he called Dave Grohl and he said, hey, you want to play? Uh, drums for me on the SNL performance and Dave Grohl was like what the fuck like Tom Petty's fucking calling me to fucking like actually Dave Grohl was in the studio recording what would be the first Foo Fighters album at the time because he was trying he was doing it himself Uh so he was like he he wasn't expecting it to be what it became it was just something for him to record stuff so that he wouldn't he was just trying to let stuff out yeah yeah yeah. he was just trying to vent after what happened with nirvana right so anyways he's in the studio tom petty calls him he says yeah i'll do it right so he uh meets tom petty in the heartbreakers plays uh you know the performance goes well whatever so after the performance tom petty actually offers him a spot in the heartbreakers and asks him to be the drummer in the band and uh, after I think a couple of days, Dave Grohl said that he had to tell Tom Petty that I was, you know, that I need to think about it. And he decided ultimately to not, and that he didn't want to, 
He said that as welcoming as they were, he felt like they were already like a family and he didn't, yeah. And he didn't want to just be in there. Like, you know, so he's like, I want to try to start my own thing then. So, uh, he formed the Foo Fighters after the project I was just telling you right now, he was trying to vent and get them. So while Nirvana was on tour, well, Nirvana was touring and during some of their studio sessions, when they were like waiting on Kurt Cobain, uh, him and, uh, I think Chris Novoselic. Uh-huh. Uh, they would like just fuck around and write shit. So Dave Grohl got into this thing where like he was writing music on the side and he's like, well, I can't show this to Kurt because like this isn't a Nirvana song. And he always held Kurt like to a higher standard. Like this is nowhere close to what Kurt writes. Oh, so he I never see. showed it to Kurt, right? Okay. So, uh, so after this Nirvana stuff happened, he's like, well, I'm going to record all this stuff to get it out. So he didn't have a band. So he's like, I'm going to record it all myself. So the first Foo Fighters album, Dave Grohl recorded everything on his own in one week. He recorded guitar, drums, vocals, bass. Um, and he was so, and this was pretty interesting because I had this conversation with your cousin. Uh, Dave Grohl, her cousin. Dave no, no, Brohl. no, with with Kim's cousin. <laughs> so I had a conversation about Dave, Dave, about no, this first album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well, I had Is to. It my Dave Grohl cousin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to. I had to. I guess reiterate it for listeners too. <laughs> we'll get a beer after this. Trust me, guys. So, 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 what was crazy was that Dave Grohl was like not used to seeing because he was you know behind the drums all the time and he would dabbled in guitar and stuff. So he was very self conscious about his singing. So if you listen to, have you heard a lot of Foo Fighters stuff, like? Uh, no like i mean but you're familiar I mean, yeah. with like the singles and stuff oh right? sure yeah okay so if you listen to like uh uh like this is a call from the first album uh-huh. uh what's the other one like big me uh this is a oh, i forgot what the other single is called so he was so self-conscious that he didn't want to just have his vocals out there like that he recorded his vocals four times wow. layered on top of each other oh, so wow. if you listen to that first album the vocals sound different than the later albums. They sound like they have an effect on them, like okay. a kind of like a chorus effect. And that's because he recorded it's vocals multiple times. Yeah, because wow. he didn't want people to hear the imperfection in his voice. Then once he actually put the band together after that, then he started to open up a little bit more. Um, here's another interesting thing that I found out. So I should have done the research on this, but I did find uh, hear a story about this where uh, – what's his name from Pearl Jam? Fucking um, – Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. So apparently he had a pirate radio show called Monkey Wrench. And on that show, he had gotten a hold of one of the first prints of this album that Dave Grohl recorded by himself. Remember, at the time, Dave Grohl wasn't, you know, he wasn't trying to make this a band. He was just trying to record it. He was giving these this CD to friends and family and stuff, right? Okay. So Eddie Vedder got a hold of it, played it on his show, and he just said, this is Dave Grohl's band. Right, uh-huh. he, they, he didn't call it Foo Fighters yet. I think at the time, so uh, playing on that show gave him gave Dave Grohl exposure with that music, and labels started hitting him up, saying like, wow. "Hey, we're interested in you know doing stuff with you." So that kind of being Eddie Vedder kind of gave him a boost, but of course him and Pearl Jam, you know, all them being with Nirvana and stuff, kind of made them kind of close. Uh, and I didn't know that's why there's a song called Monkey Wrench, and it was because of Eddie Vedder's of yeah Eddie Vedder show yeah. Cool. So. Pearl Jam High Five, right? Yeah, uh, we're still. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so going a little past that. Uh, so he, he recorded drums on the. I already said this on the first two Foo Fighters uh, albums, the color and the shape, and uh, and the uh, self titled. Um, I'm gonna go into some of his other playing credits um, and singing credits. So 
Dave Grohl played drums on all four Tenacious D albums. So we've <laughs> talked about how he's friends with Jack Black, and I yeah. didn't know that he did drums on all four of their no, albums. No, I didn't know that. Uh, and for those of you who aren't familiar uh, with the Tenacious D movie, Pick a Destiny, Dave Grohl actually plays uh, the devil, mm-hmm. and he actually uh, plays the drums. Oh, he plays the drums and he sings on that one. Oh, and plays guitar. So, yeah. So fucking interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. That was interesting, so I didn't know that about him. Uh, let me see real quick. He's recorded 10 albums with the Foo Fighters as of uh, last year. Um, he recorded drums on uh, the third studio album for Queens of the Stone Age, uh, Songs for the Deaf. I have that album and I didn't know he played drums on that album. It was wow. fucking crazy because I know him and Josh Homme are friends. Um, they ended up forming a band together and I'll talk about that later. Uh, he also contributed some, some drums on their sixth studio album, like Clockwork. I didn't know that. Uh, he recorded one collaboration album for his heavy metal side project, Probot, where he played lead guitar, drums, bass, and did lead vocals. Dang. So he did wow. everything. So this one was a metal side project that he did uh i forgot what year he did this in uh i remember the name probot i think it was like early 2000s so he had vocalists like lemmy from motorhead and some other metal bands like join them and it was like this big collaboration project where people were swapping out on singing and vocal duties okay but when it came to recording he did a lot of that stuff um i actually found the um cd on amazon and it was like 40 50 bucks and i was looking at it and i told him man i want a copy of this right because i remembered it but i didn't i forgot about it and when i did the research for this i started listening to it on spotify i was like i need a copy of this so i found an import copy on amazon for 20 bucks and i bought it an import fucking copy oh, so wow. i'm waiting for that to come in so i'm excited okay, for that cool last two things i wanted to talk about here uh for dave Grohl, and then i'll shut up he recorded one album as the drummer for the supergroup Them Crooked Vultures, where it was him on drums, Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age on vocals and guitar, and Led Zeppelin bassist John Paul Jones. Oh, so wow. those are three of them. Uh, he did that one album with that supergroup. And then also, too, just real quick, he's done uh, songs with uh, Rush. He's played uh, drums for Rush, Nine Inch Nails, Halsey, Ghost, Zach Brown Band, Gar- uh, Garbage, David Bowie, and The Prodigy, and some other artists. So this guy, just like Taylor Hawkins, they've been all over the place Dang. playing drums for people, playing yeah. guitar for people, wow. doing vocal, like fucking multi-talented up the ass, like fucking crazy, like just fucking insane. But yeah. that was my Foo Fighters singing drummers report, guys, and I guess we can get a beer so like that sure. you guys can talk about what y'all want to talk about. I'll shut up for a while. What do you want me to get? Uh, you know what? I'll get something. Y'all talk for a while. Would you mind? Yeah. No. I'll, I don't. I don't yeah. have much to say. No, that's I know. Cool. What the heck? Oh, wow. Here, I'll go. All right. Go. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, all right. I don't. I just feel it's always awkward. <laughs> We're just like. Ugh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I guess I'll go on until Britt gets that beer because these are like quick ones. So if we have to, we'll do a part two and talk about some of those other drummers because singing drummers is not a new thing. Of course, it's been like back in the classic rock uh, genre. The top oh, the top row? shelf. There, uh, the, the, the- yeah, there's beers up there, so you can pick one. Uh, there's two of the ones that you brought. Then there's that mead, and then there's the um, the Martin House one too. So you can pick whatever you want. What'd you pick? What did you pick? <laughs> She said honey or pickles. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. So while you pour that, I guess I'll get this out the way. So my second singing drummer, or band with a singing drummer, is uh, Godsmack. So Godsmack, lead vocalist, Sully Erna. There's a lot of stuff I learned about this guy I didn't know. Because I, 
I wasn't like a big super Godsmack fan, but I have seen them twice live, and I was like, eh, you know, they're just one of those bands where I'm like, eh, you know, they're, you know, I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll go check them out. So, um, Sully Erna has been the vocalist for Godsmack since 1995 and has recorded seven albums with them. Um, the interesting thing is that he plays dr- like he'll have like a drum off with the drummer live, and. Oh, you're good. <laughs> he like ran from over there and he just like slid under your chair. Puppy. Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting beverage. Yeah, it looks. It smells like wine, it, and it's very clear. Like it, it looks, looks like, like wine. wine. It doesn't like look like beer at all. Yeah, I should have looked it up. This is a, a mead. Uh, I don't know what the uh, specifics on the meads are, but this is from uh, Meridian Hive. Uh, it's from Austin. Uh, it's made with honey. So if I'm correct, it's like. Because I we saw another one at the store later that day. I think it's like a beverage. It's like fermented fruit fermented with honey. honey oh, mead. fermented honey. Uh-huh. Okay, is thank mead. you, thank you. That's yeah. what it is. Thank you, Brett. I have okay. a fun fact about mead. If you would like to hear yes, it. Yes, yes. What's the fun? <laughs> uh, um, like in medieval times, after a couple was married, everybody in celebration would drink mead for uh, a month, a moon cycle, uh-huh. and that's why they call the vacation after a marriage a honey moon. Oh, oh, interesting. That's fucking crazy. Because you drink huh. honey for a moon cycle. Honeymoon. Why don't people still do that? That's weird. I, I know, right? Like, why don't we have month-long parties for... <laughs> well, I meant like... Well, yeah, I guess that too. But like, I guess like to have a honey drink on a honeymoon? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like... Mead. Mead for Yeah, everybody. mead, yeah. Um, so this is 5% ABV. Uh, I think this is just, cause I know they had other flavors and I think we ended up just getting this one cause they had a, well, they were all made with honey, but this is the honey one. And then they had some other ones. Uh, but let me write this down so that we can, uh, rate it. So I'm going to put mead on here. Uh, mead. Uh, okay. So I'll let y'all rate it first. Oh, you're drinking? Yeah. It's, it's different. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't think we've had oh, a wow. mead. I don't think we've had a mead on the show. That's weird. It is weird. I think it tastes better than it smells. It smells oh, a little shit. funk. It tastes like a fake. I taste. It tastes like if somebody put honey in like a like a watered down sparkling water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a light, super fucking light beer, and somebody just put honey in there. Yeah, it's a. I can taste fruit though. It tastes like pears. Uh, like- it says it has. Huh, that's weird. It doesn't have a fruit on this one, but some there's there they did have some that were fruit. Um. Hmm. I don't know if I could drink this for a month. It's good. <laughs> it's yeah. good. I mean, I like the flavor. And it doesn't have like that weird alcoholy taste like no, I thought it was. No, it's not super boozy tasting or anything. It tastes I mean it's it's crisp and sweet. Uh, uh, it is sweet though, so you'd have to be okay with I'd give it a strong three point. It's like somebody poured wine in a really light, shitty light beer. <laughs> and honey it's real sweet i could drink a whole thing i think uh, i go like 3.8 like a very like a, I, I hate to say that but like a strong 3.8 i'd say 3.5 i don't dislike it okay I yeah i don't i don't not like like it but i also don't like love it there's like some weird taste in there that i just it's like 2.5 i guess okay i guess all right uh okay i guess we can try another one y'all already um so back to Sully or Erna. Um, have you ever seen Godsmack live? Yes. Did you ever see him play a drum solo with the drummer? No. Okay. So 
So he does this thing where, uh, so he recorded the first, I didn't know this, he recorded the first two albums. Um, shit, I shouldn't word it like that. He recorded drums on the first two Godsmack albums. So they didn't have a drummer. And I didn't know this. They didn't get a drummer till the third album. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, I knew he played drums, but I didn't know that he recorded drums on oh, those albums. So apparently he had started as a drummer when he was a kid. Like, he had been playing drums since he was like seven years old. And he was in bands previous to Godsmack uh, where he was a drummer. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't know that. So then uh, he decided to form Godsmack when he in 95 when he decided that he wanted to be a lead singer. He's like, I want to be a lead singer. So he formed Godsmack. And then uh, it was just so weird how like they couldn't find a drummer. So he did drums. He ended up still playing drums for those first two albums. Uh, but whenever you see Godsmack live and if they have like a specific setup, uh, another drum riser will come out and he'll do like a drum battle with the with with their drummer and i only saw this once because i saw them twice but when i the first time i saw godsmack uh, it was in the round and for those of you who don't know what in the round is it's when the stage is in the center and the people are around um and so uh they had a drum riser there and it, they were opening for metallica so i don't know uh, yeah i don't know what fucking year this oh this was for the saint anger tour so godsmack opened up and yeah he had a drummer uh drum they had a drummer battle battle and it was pretty cool um but yeah, Godsmack, Silly Erna. That was my second singing drummer. Cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. What? Well, what? Did, I mean, you said you had two on your list that you. Yeah, just I think gonna, you probably have one of them. What you um, got? Don Henley from the Eagles. I had him as an honorable mention. Beca- Why? Because I didn't write it. Because I was too busy with these oh, guys. Oh, I yeah. see. I see. And, well, for uh, me, it's like that's the true definition because he's actually yeah. singing and drumming, and drumming at the same at the same time. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what I thought the assignment was. So well, I was well, like, well, well, it was whoever like singing drummers that sang period because there are a couple uh, there are actually three on here that i have that do sing and play okay uh but these guys were like doing both but like on the albums or like or they right. were switching off but no i definitely do but yeah you're right yeah don henley from the eagles i mean i didn't and i didn't know that like for the longest time i didn't know the fucking drummer was the one singing well they had multiple singers yeah they did right? have multiple singers but it was like the early yeah, Eagles. Glenn Fry was their, I, I probably sang mo- the majority of their songs, but Don uh-huh. Henley was the second most used singer, but then they had others as well. Yeah, because I saw the uh, the timeline for them and like how long he played. He he did vocals and drums for quite a bit of time. Yeah. I think it was at least two albums that he did singing and dr- drums and singing. And touring with and it touring. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like performing that way. Yeah, I saw some live stuff from them from when they were doing like the Hotel California stuff. Uh-huh. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, the drum parts aren't like fucking crazy, but it's nothing that I could do. Like, yeah. I don't think I could do that. No, like, I can barely play guitar. Sing. I don't know yeah. how you like conserve your energy to be able to sing and also like audibly. That is true. Like, yeah. That is true. You guys have seen me. I play one song on the drums and I'm fucking out of breath for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, relax. Like, yeah. You look so like tense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, also too, because like, I'm not, used to uh, like my muscle memory or whatever yeah, so is not you have there to concentrate a lot yeah yeah so but uh and the other one was also was somebody singing and drumming at the same time and that's phil collins who i don't like but i just wanted to mention <laughs> yeah. I, that was one of my ones whatever yours yeah. Phil collins, yeah yeah so no but those are like uh I, like you have to mention those guys oh yeah because they were sure. before all these yeah 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 so yeah. phil collins uh english drummer singer songwriter record 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 producer shit and actor um, he's been drumming since age five 
And he joined Genesis in 1970 as a drummer and then became the lead singer in 1975 followed the, following the departure of Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And true. then he also had his solo career, which began in 1981. Did he play which drums I, in his solo stuff? I don't think so, but I don't know for certain because I don't really know. But I think his solo career was probably bigger than his time with Gen- – I mean, Genesis yeah. was big, of yeah. course, but he had a – I mean, his solo career was really, really big. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, And don't forget that he's the world's – largest collector of, of Alamo, Alamo memorabilia, memorabilia. Yeah. yeah which i learned on the show <laughs> yeah which is that. just so interesting no yeah that's uh no and that his daughter just... is a an actress who's uh in that show yeah. emily lily collins, lily collins yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh yeah. yeah yeah cool cool good yeah. stuff uh musicians with uh daughter actresses oh geez <laughs> oh actually lenny kravitz his oh, daughter right. played catwoman in yeah that's right the new batman movie <laughs> i forgot i was just making a joke and i just thought of one that's i funny. know wow um what else you got um well when you were talking about the drum battle mm-hmm. it triggered a memory uh johnny hawkins of nothing more mm-hmm. who began as the drummer for that band um yep. and then he switched to the uh, being the lead vocalist so that they could solidify a more steady lineup um, in 2003. They they formed the band in 2003, and then mm-hmm. I don't know exactly when he switched over. But. Yeah, so so they formed in 2003, and then he became the lead vocalist in 2008. Uh, so he played drums all the way up through their third album. So he so what's weird is that he became the vocalist on that third album, which is the Few Not Fleeting. And it's funny because I think that's the album that we found at a at a CD exchange or mm-hmm. something and we bought it. But so that was the first album he became a vocalist, but they still didn't have a drummer. So just like the Foo Fighters case, he recorded drums on that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so it's crazy because like primarily he was a drummer and he grew up playing drums. And then just like these other guys, he ends up he ends up switching for the band. I think this was more like the Silly Ernest story. Where, uh, well, no, he wanted to be a vocalist. This Johnny Hawkins actually switched for the benefit of the band. Yeah. So he actually went to vocals and they got a drummer. But still, now when they do live shows, he'll do percussion stuff. Yeah, they they all do. Like, yeah, they a all do. A little bit yeah. of it, um, which is kind of cool. And actually, Ben Anderson, the drummer of Nothing More, is one of my top favorite drummers. So cool. But yeah, uh, when you said that drum battle, I was like, oh, that just kind of reminded me. I've seen them live three times, I think. And that was part of their deal. Like they'll just, he has like a, I don't know, like a little, that scorpion thing. That yeah. Also is like yeah. a drum. I don't remember. It's been, like yeah, it's like, a, seen them. it's like a, it's uh, like a, like a quad, like a fucking, yeah. uh, roided out, like quad setup. Uh, like the marching band quads, but like it has all this extra shit on it. Yeah. Um. So. But yeah, no, it's a. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I did a search for singing drummers. The first two that pop up are Phil Collins and Don Henley. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Karen Carpenter from the Carpenters. Oh shit! Okay. And uh, Levon Helm from the band. We've oh, the band. Yeah, we've before. talked about them. Yeah. Uh huh. So that's interesting. Ringo Starr. I don't know. If he, uh. Well, if he counts. I feel like he sang after. Right? No, well, did all the Beatles sing on the Beatles stuff? Oh, we fucking, I'm asking the wrong person because I don't know shit about Beatles. Yeah. I know, we're like the okay, yeah, non Beatle yeah, knowing uh, yeah. people over here. <laughs> and I'm saying that oh, we're yeah, in a Rolling Sheila Stones e. show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one. Who was that other famous percussionist lady? I forgot her name. Or maybe I am 
No, not a percussionist. Fuck lady? yeah, I forgot her name. Not Sheila E. Fuck no, somebody else. Ah, fuck it, whatever. I don't remember. And I think she drum drum drummed and sang. Fuck, I don't remember. But the drum and you're like the drummer and singer girl. Yeah. All right. I got. I got one. Let's cool. count the Meg White or did she sing? I don't know. Back up. Probably. I don't know. Shit. That's interesting. Maybe she did sing. I mean, maybe she did sing. But yeah, that'd be actually a good one. I mean, I could check it out. Uh, actually, I can actually look it up here real quick. So if I let's see. Here. Here. So, according to Wikipedia, yeah, she did vocals. So, yeah, singing drummer. Hmm. Meg White, good one. Okay. Yeah, she did drum, drums, percussion, and vocals. Yeah, now that now that I think about it, I don't. I didn't hear a lot of White Stripes stuff, but I'm starting to vaguely remember her, her voice on some of that stuff. Neil Peart? He sang? I don't know. It says so. Huh, I didn't hmm. know that. And Stuart Copeland from the mm, police. Okay, okay. This is like a really random one. You, when you started saying a girl drummer singer is uh, Gloria Stefan's daughter, Emily huh. Stefan. She plays guitar, drums, sings. She has some... Uh, at the same time, though, like one of those dudes at the corner of the parks? Kind of, actually. I think I saw uh, like a video of her once and she was playing the guitar and she had like some drum setup. What the dang crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got three more on my list. I can knock out, and then we can try another beer or another couple of beers or another uh, mead. Or no, no, thank oh, you. Do we, is that the, is that another one of mead? No, no, it's a honey and too much. Beer, I don't know. It's a weird aftertaste. Um, so these next ones, uh, I guess these two that I'll talk about, they actually play drums and sing. And I was tripping out when I was doing this research because I pulled up YouTube videos of these guys. Uh huh. Um, and it's just so fucking crazy because of the style of music they play. It's so fucking heavy. And then they're singing. Yeah. Like, for a majority of the song, I'm like, how the fuck are you breathing? Yeah. Like, it makes no sense. So the first one is, uh, the band is Seven Dust, and their drummer is Morgan Rose. Uh, I've seen them twice. Um, but I'll show you one of the videos after we we end the show but it's just fucking crazy so uh he is the drummer and backup vocalist for seven dust and he's been uh in seven dust since 1994 the interesting thing that i didn't know was that he was the lead vocalist at the start of the band in 94 so uh he didn't last as a lead vocalist that long it was just like very brief there we go okay okay i guess that's recording uh let me see where was i all right sec guys sorry we had a little bit of technical difficulties uh you ever seen the simpsons where they have the where uh like their newscast has technical difficulties and then they show like the screen of the puppy that pulled the plug oh that's what that's what happened here literally what happened okay so uh so i was talking about uh morgan rose from seven dust uh i was just saying that uh he's been in the band since 94 he sang briefly uh, and the band uh, before they got Lejean and uh, Lejean Witherspoon, which is their vocalist now, uh, he's recorded 13 albums with Seven Dust. And the interesting thing is that he he does so much backing vocals. Uh, Britt was talking about this earlier uh, about drummers who actually sing at the same time. He wears a headset while he's playing because his drums are so fucking like wild, and he has so many singing parts that he wears a headset. He oh, doesn't wow. have a like a mic stand next to him. Okay. He wears like a pop star headset. Okay. Um. So yeah, he's he's Britney. Uh, of metal. <laughs> uh, the next one I have is 
Atreyu, and that's Brandon Soller. Uh, same thing with this guy. So they're very heavy drummers, and they also do a lot. They contribute a lot of vocals to the band um, while they're drumming. Uh, so he's he does lead clean vocals. Um, that's what they call it. They have in, in this band they have two vocals. The lead singer or the front man does unclean vocals. And he, as the drummer, does clean vocals, uh, which is kind of half and half in that band. Uh, he's been the vocalist and the drummer since 1998. He has recorded eight albums with Atreyu. Um, in 2021, actually, the album they released last year, their eighth album, he actually moved to vocals. So he's not the drummer anymore, um, but he's still a drummer. So now uh, he he does vocals uh, up front, but he also contributes guitar, piano, and keyboards uh, to the band. Um, but also too, a side note, I think, uh, I want to say Kim met them. Yeah. I met uh, them. So, um. so he has a solo pro, uh, band, uh, so, well, he has a band that was created from solo material that he had where he's the lead vocalist as well. It's called a uh, hell or high water. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't, I don't know if he ever contributed drums to that band, but that's an example of a drummer going to vocals. Um, and then the last one I have is, um, this one's kind of weird one, but it's Adam Dutkiewicz from Killswitch Engage. So everyone knows him as the guitarist for Killswitch Engage, but uh, he also does a lot of like backup vocals. Um, well, when the uh, when the band first started in '99, he they didn't have a drummer. So uh, or I think that yeah, they didn't have a drummer. So he. No, 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 no. They only had one guitarist. That's what the thing was. And he was the drummer. So he played drums and did backing vocals. And then he ended up switching. So uh, that was kind of another situation. But yeah, I guess I just wanted to say that real quick because I got fucked up. Uh, drums and backing vocals for uh, Killswitch Engage. Yeah. I'm cool. Done. Sorry if I fucked that up, guys. But Killswitch Engage is one of my favorite bands. And yeah, I did fuck that up. But uh, I guess we can have another beer. And then we'll... That'll make it better. Yeah. And then, yeah. Then we'll, and then we'll <laughs> call it. Um... I don't know what we're going to have, but we do have a Martin House in there. And we usually have a Martin House. True. Every episode. This one scares me, though. So this one, I believe Kim and I had this one. We went to the tap room when we visited Martin, the Martin House Brewery last year. Uh, unfortunately, Britt didn't get a chance to go with us. No. Uh, but this is their uh, one of their best made pickle beers, but it's their Tropical Punch pickle beer. Um, I don't remember how this tastes. I don't either. But we saw the can and we're all like, fuck it. We got to get it for the show. I so. Remember. Yeah, I can check out the the Instagram. I'm scared. Because I'm pretty... We definitely didn't have it at Martin House. Because we had the raspberry pickle beer there. Mm-mm. Which is like the... Oh, best. shit. Okay. The smell makes me cry. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Kim wait, loves so, her so, Wait, so you beers. just smelled it? All I did was smell it, and I cried. Uh... <laughs> uh I'm, we're gonna tell you this right now that the pickled can, the pickled beers in the cans make the pickle kind of smell. Yeah, kind of smell more prominent and weird. But oh, that's okay. Good. It's a lot better than it smells. Oh, I give it like a. Actually, I give it a five. I think. Oh dang! Really? Yeah, I like it. Like I like Tropical Punch, and I like. The pickle beer, but I think it. I think draft would be a lot. And better. I, I gotta, I gotta check yeah, could, Instagram. Like, I, I thought we had. Well, you know what? I'm or it might go, have been at at Growler, but it definitely wasn't at Martin House. I'll go with four point eight. Fuck it. I don't think it's a five. I'll go with four point eight. Four point five. Four point five. Which Rip. was a little tiny bit sweeter. 
Brett. 2.5? 2.5. All right. All right. Well, I guess uh, that's all the stuff we had. It will probably, I don't know, we'll possibly try another beer off the show and then I'll put the rating on Instagram when I post this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we probably left out some more drummers. But if we come up with something and we're like, oh, hangover, then we'll just do another episode somewhere down the line of yeah. uh, bands of singing drummers part two or something like that. Um, next episode, I don't know if we're good next week or not, but this was the, the, the originally planned one from last week. And that was bands uses of literature. Yeah. So bands who use either, uh, uh, literature to, do their band name or for their lyrics or for their song titles or albums. Uh, we'll talk about that. I already have my research ready to go for that. Yep. Um, and then we'll talk about possibly the next one. So I think I kind of want to do that, like stay ahead of the week. So like we'll come up with another topic and then I'll just get a head start since I already have shit written down for next episode. But yeah. uh yeah. Uh, sorry. I fucked that up, but uh what did you fuck up? I don't know. I was kind of choppy on <laughs> some know, of this. I, I, know, was like, I, was like, I don't know. Okay. I was just kind of, I felt like I was kind of choppy on some of this information, even though I had it all like written down to fucking, I thought I had it structured properly. But anyways, all right, guys, well, we'll see y'all next time. Uh, if uh, you want to check out the Spotify playlists, which I suggest you do, there's a lot of interesting shit on there. Um, go check it out. Uh, the links are on rocktalkhappyhourpod.com. Uh, and then uh, I think we also got some some cool stuff coming up on some of the future episodes I'm working on, but uh, we'll see what happens. So we'll talk to you later, guys. All right. Cheers. All right, Good night. Cheers.